You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And joining me, as always, is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. Frank, how you doing, buddy? Good, Eric. TGIF. Um, can't argue with that. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't able to join you yesterday because you uh, were obviously covering the game uh, at the Pfizer. At, sorry, not at the Pfizer Forum. At, Whoa, at watch yourself. Pfizer Forum. Yes, we've... We've confirmed that that is official. Uh, you were obviously um, working late, and um, by the time you were available to podcast, it was pretty late, so uh, I was not available. But um, hashtag uh, old man, um, but uh, not, not not really old man, just like person who has to get up for like a regular job. Uh, <laughs> whereas you do not normal, normal human being. being. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I know we were messaging about it before um, before I, I went to bed. And, you know, you had mentioned you didn't have really a kind of a good feel for, for the game. And I kind of felt the same. It was just sort of, I don't know, just kind of the Bucks just sort of like, I don't want to floated through it. Maybe doesn't capture it accurately, but it just sort of like the game just kind of happened. And like yeah. the correct result happened, which was a Bucks win. But obviously there was nothing convincing about it. And you know, it really, um, I, I was watching the game with, uh, some, uh, of the kind of hardcore NBA fans that I have, um, uh, gotten to know down here in Austin at a, a, a bar that, that has lead pass and, uh, um, including with a uh, Bucks fan, Connor Tierney, shout out to Connor. Um, and it was weird because it was like, I mean, it was a more like relief thing at the end, obviously. Um, I was glad I was watching it with a group of people and being social and not just like sitting in my house, like raging um, <laughs> at my TV, um, scaring my, my 10 month old daughter in the process. Um, Cause it was just uh yeah, it was like a strange game. The bucks obviously dig themselves another hole. So, you know, for the whole, like uh, why don't they come out motivated crowd? Obviously that was uh, kind of had <laughs> further feel to that. Um, but I, I mean, it, you know, basically they gave up a huge, what 40 point first quarter um you know really didn't obviously turn the screws defensively and then over the probably the rest of the game the bulls really didn't shoot well at all um and the bucks just kind of never just they just didn't you know it was like there was just seemed like a lot of opportunities where the bucks could have like kind of blown the game open after they you know sort of closed the gap but um just never did and um you know this was ultimately i mean i it's a crime i haven't mentioned Giannis yet because I mean, we were joking while watching the game that, you know, like literally every time down the court, the last like three or four minutes, I was just like, all right, go run the unassisted dunk play for Giannis. You know, I mean, because like that, <laughs> this was just another one of those games from Giannis where it's like, all right, give him the ball, you know, um, 
you know, get him, get him that screen so he can get that post up on the right block and let him go to work, do his thing. And, um, <laughs> I mean, just, you know, the guy's just playing a different sport than pretty much anybody that's ever played this game <laughs> in many ways. Uh, and you know, yep. just last night again, you know, whether it was Jabari Parker or Robin Lopez or whoever the bucks or the bulls wanted to put him on him. Um, you know, he was just in, in not, not to be denied mode with the 36, 11, eight, two steals and a, and a block. And, um, it was just, uh, it was really fun to watch. And, um, obviously, uh, good for my mental health that after missing a couple of free throws, I think early in the fourth quarter, he hit two very big ones in the, in the final minute. I think it was in the final minute that he hit those two and, um, you know, kind of felt like, uh, uh, poetic justice at Chris Middleton after, um, I mean, on the Fox sports, Wisconsin broadcast, they had like a, um, highlight reel of Chris's open misses <laughs> against the Hornets. I was like, are they really showing this? Are they, are they just yep. showing, you know, uh, a, a, you know, just video compilation of his like misses <laughs> that of shots that he should have made against the Hornets. I was like, Oh, I kind of guess they did. Um, so it felt good to have Chris who, you know, as you uh, mentioned in the bud presser, which I was listening to uh, good job, Eric, um, you know, Chris hadn't taken a shot for like, what you think you said like, 16 minutes minutes or yeah. yeah. Um, so for him to, you know, just calmly step up and after, um, a bunch of batted balls and Eric Bledsoe ultimately, I think had the, the most important deflection, which kind of says a lot about Bledsoe's athleticism on a night where he really didn't kind of stand out that much. Um, you know, Milton knocks on that huge shot for the, for the game winner. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not a game that you're going to, you know, um, look at as, as anything, a work of art or anything, but, um, certainly, uh, you know, this is one of those games where Giannis, uh, in a large part willed them to victory. And, you know, really his only help was Malcolm Brogdon, who, I mean, shot the ball as well as you're going to see him six out of six from three, um, super efficient when he had 24 points, I think. Um, so, you know, big, big credit to Malcolm Brogdon, who obviously we've had a lot of questions about, even as he has been super efficient, um, and has generally had a really great shot profile, um, you know, it was really him and Giannis carrying the load to a large extent and, and making big plays. And then, um, obviously down the stretch there, uh, Chris Middleton hitting that, that fateful three. So yeah, tough, tough game to really kind of have strong opinions about other than to kind of just feel like, you know, Giannis over everything. Um, but, uh, you know, again, these are, you know, these are the kinds of things where, right? I mean, these are, you're going to win games like this. And we know we talk a lot about, you know, the, the kind of toss up games, uh, being toss-ups, right? The, these close games are, are often toss-ups and the Bucks have come out on the, the bad end of a number of these, including in, in Charlotte on Monday. So uh, obviously, regardless of how much credit they deserve for uh, for winning this game, um, it's important that they did, right? You don't want to lose two straight games against the Hornets and Bulls. Um, and, uh, you know, weirdly for a terrible team, I'm kind of happy to not have to play the Bulls, uh, at, at least at home anymore, just because, just Jabari Parker actually looking motivated, um, you know, is, is yep. just sort of aggravating. Um, and so even though I don't think anyone this side of Gary Wolfel actually like cares that Jabari Parker is gone, like nobody's <laughs> sitting around like, Oh, if only we had Jabari. I mean, it's like, yeah, we were the best offense in the league and like, where is he going to play and improve that? Like, Oh, we want to pay him $20 yeah. million a year to be like taking Ursan's minutes. Like, no, I'm good. Um, but, uh, you know, still, um, it would have been very aggravating, especially when they had that potential and one dunk. It was like, oh my God, are we going to like lose? Cause Jabari makes 
some makes a play like that. But ultimately, he obviously missed a lot of shots again. Didn't didn't do much in terms of getting the foul line. Missed some key free throws, and um, you know, thankfully, uh, the Bucks were kind of spared blushes against a team that they should beat. So, you know, kind of those games you want to say like, okay, okay, close the book, move on, and um, face look forward to facing the Knicks uh, on Saturday. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, before the game, Matt Velasquez and I were, you know, kind of talking about the game that night, you know, kind of what we're thinking about. And, you know, we do that pretty much every night, like where, you know, we're sitting there and trying to figure out, you know, what's interesting about a game or, you know, what we're thinking about. And uh, on, let's see, what night was that Wednesday night? Yeah, on Wednesday night, we were just like, uh, I don't know if there's anything interesting in this unless the Bucks lose. Like anything with the Bucks winning, it's a pretty boring outcome. And, you know, you kind of, like I said, you're always looking for a story. But in that one, it was just like, yeah, I don't really have anything. <laughs> um, the the Jabari Parker redemption story, if you want to call it that, already occurred. Like that, that was the first uh, home game that they had. And, uh, you know, like they already had that game where they really played down to the Bulls. And um, that was the other thing I thought that, you know, the first time around, I thought you watched this Bucks team play that Bulls team, and you're like, "Whoa, that was that was bad." Like they came out and actively didn't give a shit and just looked awful. And you know, like throughout last night's game, I didn't really have that feel. Like I, I'd, I didn't really think like it was it was incredibly noticeable. Where it was just like, "Oh, that's terrible effort." Oh, they're not uh, getting out there and and really. Uh, trying to, you know, just kind of go through the motions. Like, I never really got that feel. It was just like, okay, well, that shot didn't fall or, you know, things aren't working out quite right. And um, I think that's what kind of gave it a weird feel to me was that, you know, all of those things, you just kind of, you didn't have anything to key in on. And uh, you mentioned Brogdon six for six from three. Uh, The Bucks made 12 threes on the night, 12 of 35. So, take out six for six that means six for 29 for the rest of the team like it's it's pretty rough stuff that it that is uh not something that you know obviously you want to see but uh, in the end they get the win and you'll move on and and that'll be that and i think i think what remains interesting about this team is as you may have picked up on and know like i don't really believe on in the the bucks play down to their opponents thing what I do believe is that the Bucks have bad first quarters. Like I, I, I believe that I'm, I'm at a point where I, I haven't seen quite enough uh, counter examples to believe that. Okay, you know, maybe it was just a thing that happened. Like I, I'm pretty much a believer that the Bucks do take a little while to get into rhythm and yeah, to kind of find themselves and and find that flow of a game. And you know, I, I think there is something to worry about a little bit with that just because you know come playoff time that can lead to some some ugly stuff for you like that that trying to dig yourselves back out of the hole in a playoff game can be really difficult uh, granted the playoffs are 60 games away um so th- there's a long time in between that but uh if you are looking for you know a, a problem or uh you know something that you know you can really take away from a game like uh, and that was a question I kind of had in the mailbag over at the athletic that'll be going out tomorrow. Like there was just kind of, 
there's always this desire to extrapolate a larger pattern from something that occurs. And I thought we, we kind of saw people reaching on that, you know, with the sun's loss and playing down their competition. Like I didn't think that one, but I do think, you know, first quarters are something to talk about because the bucks do keep having stinkers. Yeah. We talked a little bit about the, you know, by quarter kind of differentials a little while ago. And the, really it's uh, actually, actually it's gotten worse um, since then in terms of, I think they were about like barely negative in the first quarter back when when we talked about this maybe a couple weeks ago. Um, they're now minus three point three points per one hundred. Um, then in the second quarter they're plus twenty point five. Third quarter plus ten point six. Fourth quarter plus twelve point one. Um, so obviously, yeah, the second through fourth quarter you're feeling pretty good. Um, and um, it's I, I found that a little bit surprising because I also anecdotally had been feeling like. Um, the Bucks kind of more bench heavy units have lost a little bit of their um, mojo. Uh, it feels like it feels like, um, you know, like I've been noticing with, with Giannis's net rating stuff, like they were really not much worse um, when, when he was on the bench uh, for a while to start the season. And then that has kind of reversed a bit. Like there've been, it seems like more and more games lately where, you know, they are, good to great when Giannis is on the court and then um they they relatively struggle when when he's off the court um yeah like right now um like they were still a big positive with Giannis off the court early in the season right now they're just plus 1.3 um they're plus 14 when he's on the court um which is second only to Brooke Lopez plus 14.2 but they're also plus 4.1 when when Lopez is off the court so you know that's why we often look at like the net on off rating just because um you know, a guy may just happen to be on the court when, you know, Giannis is on the court. And so he has a good plus minus. Um, but then it's always interesting to look at what, what are they like when he's off the court? And obviously if the guy doesn't really matter, then his sort of, you know, free riding off Giannis will, will kind of show because they won't really miss him when he's off the court. But um, in this case, you know, you look at the Bucks kind of like full kind of net rating um, listing. Um, the Bucks have a positive net rating um, so if you look at the off-court ratings for every player, um, everybody has a positive off-court rating, meaning that there's no player who, when they're off the court, like automatically turns the Bucks into a negative team. But not surprisingly, the the only one that's really close to being even even is Giannis. He's at plus 1.3. The next uh, best is plus 4.1, Brooke Lopez. Um, so it's it's sort of interesting to see. And again, you can say, well, that's just that just makes sense because Giannis is the MVP of the league right now. Um, you know, you're not going to be an awesome team when he's on the bench, probably, you know, if, if in a normal world, um, it feels also like, um, we've seen maybe if a, maybe we've seen a little bit more Brogdon without as many Brogdon without Giannis and, and even some of the other, you know, Bledsoe and, and Middleton, um, which, you know, is, you know, as much as we have kind of raised some questions about Brogdon, like, I mean, if he's, a zero rating with that, with like all bench guys, like hats off to Malcolm Brogdon, you know, like I'm not expecting him to crush guys, <laughs> yeah. crush yeah. other lineups with, uh, with none of the other three best players in the team. Um, so it's a little interesting because it, it does seem like kind of reality is setting in a little bit and the Bucks depth has been tested more. Um, and you know, some of that's like injuries, you know, I think as much as, you know, I'm not, um, someone who believes, you know, John Henson is indispensable. Uh, they're plus 12 with John Henson off the court, but that's mainly Brooke Lopez. Um, and, you know, with Henson, 
uh, I, I just think, you know, with, I just think part of it is, is like with Thon now, like Thon, it just seems like of late, he was a plus 12 the other night, which, but that just like, didn't, you know, again, like single games plus minus can be really noisy. Um, it didn't feel like he was doing anything to really <laughs> generate a plus positive plus minus. And, um, yep. you know, we've talked about how night in night out just feels like he more, more often than not, you're kind of like dreading when he's on the court and you're just, you know, kind of hoping you, you don't kind of give up a bunch of points when he's on there and that, you know, maybe he knocks down a three, which of late, it seems like he's been, his shot hasn't been there either. So, um, so yeah, it's, you know, more Thon in the bench units, um, you know, uh, DiVincenzo is now back. Not that, you know, I mean, I didn't think that playing Cal Connaughton and Snellmore was any issue. I mean, I think if anything, obviously those guys have been more consistent, certainly as, as shooters. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been interesting because it feels like also the bench units have been struggling a little bit, but as you said, I mean, the starters have also been sort of a party to some, uh, some very slow starts. Um, they had the really great start against San Antonio, which then the bench completely gave, you know, <laughs> let those spurs back in it. Um, but we've also seen a bunch of games where, um, you know, just overall the first quarter has been a problem and obviously the starters are, are tending to get more run in the first quarter. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't, you know, again, like some of this is sort of probably natural shaking out, um, and maybe some unreasonably good luck, like, especially with Giannis, uh, on the bench, but you know, again, like if you're going to be a plus 14, plus 14 net rating team with Giannis on the court, and he's on the court for, you know, maybe not three quarters of a game. You know, maybe it's a little less than that because that'd be 36 minutes. Um, you know, if you're plus 14 for most of the game and then you're, let's say, even or even slightly negative for the remainder of the game, you're going to be a very strong net differential team, right? Because um, you're going to have, you know, the math is going to work out for you, even if it's not going to be, you know, like the record setting pace that we've seen from the Bucks early on. So, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll pause there. It's just, you know, again, like... In, even you, when you're looking at even in like, you know, three, four game samples, like it, there's just so much that can happen, right? Especially with opponent shooting and your own shooting. I think Dean Manian had a tweet the other day about like how the Bucks are just getting an outrageous number of open shots that, you know, relative to even like the next highest team in the league, like the Bucks are more open threes than anybody, which isn't surprising when you watch the Bucks. They look for threes, they hunt threes, Giannis creates all these threes. Um, but they have just been like shooting. I think you've had like a number like 32% on wide open threes or something like that, which is obviously low. And, um, you know, I think, um, even for the season overall, um, they're about average in terms of opponent three point percentage, but like they're, I think either last or close to last in like opponent mid range percentage. So, you know, like I think opponents are hitting like 45% of mid range jumpers, which is kind of crazy. So, um, you know, there's also some bad luck in there and that's why it's hard to look at like, you know, kind of, you know, a few games at a time, but, but certainly, yeah, I mean, look, uh, we'll, we'll probably forget about this game cause they want it. Um, but you know, if you lose it to the Suns at home, you lose to the bulls at home, all of a sudden you start to really kind of panic cause it's still, you know, even though we're a quarter way of the season, which feels kind of crazy that we're even that far. Um, you know, I think we're all still trying to like come to grips with like, wait, how good is this Bucks team? <laughs> so it's, it's still interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that is probably the, the most interesting thing in I think Bucks fandom and just kind of thinking about the Bucks at the moment because uh, I, I think how you view you know their their net rating uh, how you view the way that they've played thus far like drastically alters you know how you're feeling about them as a team 
Uh, because, you know, if you think this is, uh, I don't know, a 65 win team, then yeah, like I, I could see why, uh, you know, losing to the Suns would be an end of the world type of uh, type of thing because they're, they're too good. They shouldn't lose to that type type of team. And, you know, if you think they're closer to a, a 50 win team and you're not totally believing yet that this is a good basketball team, like, oh, okay, well. I guess you can lose this. Not that you want them to lose to the Suns, but uh, okay, you're not that good. So yeah, sometimes teams lose the Suns, but yeah, I mean, I think even if you were on the low end of that, where you're thinking this is, uh, you know, maybe this is a 51 team. Uh, I, I think a loss to the Bulls and the Suns in, I don't even know what that would have been, 10 days, uh, two weeks, something like that. Like, yeah, uh, I, I think that would have led to some people uh, just being like, what the hell is going on with this team? Like, why can't they figure this stuff out? So um, yeah, it would have been interesting, but obviously the outcome goes the other way. Bucks win 116, 113. And and um, I think some of the stuff that that Dean tweeted out uh, last night, obviously I had kind of talked about, you know, the Bucks continuing to get open shots and, you know, process is obviously a good thing. And, you know, if the process is right, you should feel overall pretty good about the team. And I think uh, the Bucks process uh, doesn't leave a heck of a lot to be desired. Um, <laughs> I think most of it should be, should be pretty pleasing to folks. But um, one thing that, you know, we've had a couple people tweet at us about is, you know, are the Bucks giving up too many points? Uh, the defense is, you know, moving down the defensive rating uh, leaderboard a little bit. They're, they're not quite as elite as they were uh, earlier in the season. And, you know, is that, a, is that a cause for concern? And, you know, if they are moving down the board, then that means they have to be even doing worse than what they are, where I think they're, what, sixth in defensive rating? Um, so they're moving down even further than that, so then that must mean they're 12th or so in the last however many games you want to choose from, so then that must mean something's wrong. And, you know, I thought it was interesting to, you know, kind of think about, you know, the – the percentage teams are shooting against them in the mid range and, you know, the opponents that they've played thus far and kind of think through all of that. And, uh, Dean had another interesting thread today that, uh, kind of encapsulated something I talked a little bit about last night was that, uh, I especially felt it with, with Thon and Pat in the game when it was maker and Connaughton, I could just feel the <laughs> yeah. overhelp. I, it was everywhere. Like you could just feel it. Cause Thon has so much damn energy that he can't like, he just can't keep it bottled up. It's like, so he's just like bouncing around all over the place. And if he's bouncing around and wants to go somewhere, well then he's going to go help somewhere. And it's just like, well, that's not what you need. And then Pat is trying to block every shot, which doesn't make any damn sense. Cause he's six foot three. Uh, but he still wants to go do that. Uh, and he's just flying around all over the place trying to block shots. And it's just like, that's not like, it, it is a cool novelty in you getting like, he got two blocks last night and obviously he had that insane block, a jump shot, lead it into a dunk fast break insanity. Like he does do stuff like that. But you know, if you're over eager with that help, like you're going to leave yourself out of position and uh, it wasn't every time, but I swear every time Archdiacono hit a corner three, it was Pat Connaughton over helping in the middle of the lane. And I know it wasn't every single time, but damn, it felt like it. And you know, you're just kind of thinking like, Oh, 
too much help. Like there's just too much. And and we've seen that story. We've seen all of those things, you know, kind of play out because we watched Jason Kidd's defense for years where there was rampant over help. And I really thought at the start of the year, it, it was kind of trying to, you know, try to get that, uh, get those tendencies out of a lot of the regulars that, you know, like there was, there was just possessions where you'd see Chris or Giannis or, uh, you know, Malcolm Brogdon just be in the wrong spot over helping. And, you know, most of the time Giannis can recover because, well, he's not human. Um, but you know, when it was Chris or it was Malcolm, like, okay, well that's probably going to give up a corner three. And, you know, I think there's still some of that with those guys, but for me to see Connaughton do that, it was really disheartening because, you know, he hadn't played under Jason Kidd. Like he, he had played in, in the Blazers (laughs) system. So like there was no, and the Blazers are really like, I mean, again, I'm not a Blazers expert, but I just remember a few years ago and Terry Stotts was really kind of ahead of the curve and basically saying like, we're not going to help on post-ups. Like yeah. we're going to be very stay at home. So that it's like, especially surprising. They've been, they were a really good defensive team last year, even though people think of them as an offensive team. So yeah, I mean, you would think he might actually have much better. Well, obviously he didn't co- he didn't play for kids. So he's been better coached than, than the other guys. But, um, <laughs> sure. but yeah, you would think his like fundamentals for not helping specifically would be better. Yeah. So it, like it was, it was just like a moment last night where I was just like, oh man, like he's doing it. But it, it was just, it's just something that, you know, you kind of felt as that game was going on. And uh, to me, like if you're thinking about things that are concerning, um, I think there's this very human instinct of, I'm tired of giving up open shots. I don't care what the damn math says. I'm giving this team a good look at a mid-range jumper and they're hitting some. So I want to stop them. And, you know, when you do that, when you fight the math, the math is going to beat you. It it just always does. So I think we've seen some of that, you know, trying to take away mid-range jumpers. And uh, if you don't follow Dean on Twitter at all the bucks, he kind of broke it down that, you know, they are taking away some of those open mid-range jumpers in the last week or so. Um, Unfortunately, it has led to more corner threes, which, I think we all know that lesson well. Um, so if I am thinking about anything and whether or not the defense is sustainable or uh, the defense is gonna actually going to be worse than it was at the start of the year, I think that might be kind of the spot where, you know, the the math is going to win and the Bucks uh, have lectured all of us in the media on that before, uh, that, you know, they trust the math and they believe in the math, but... Also, you got to fight human nature and giving up open mid-rangers can, I mean, kind of piss you off if they end up hitting about 40%, even though that's still fine as as far as the math is concerned. It, it is just something that I think can be difficult to fight against. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just had to think of uh, uh, when you asked Giannis about the Knicks hitting all those mid-rangers and then his his... Did they win? No, <laughs> they did not. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it it is kind of funny. I mean, but by but speaking of Connaughton, I mean, if you were if you had like a forty five inch vertical, I would be just like drunk with with vertical. I mean, I would. Oh my god! I would. Just, I'd be all. If I was like, place. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, even agree. if I could just like be a five eleven like unimpressive athlete who could dunk, 
And I guess then I, I would be by definition be a good athlete. But like <laughs> if you just imbued me myself as I stand right now with the ability to dunk, I would just like go to the Y every day and like just dunk all the time because that would just be so fun. And <laughs> if I was playing in pickup games, I would try to block everything because I'd want people to know that I had a 45 inch vertical. Um, oh, yes. But uh, but in, and it is, I think, helpful, like when he's like trying to come around screens and, you know, basically pressure from behind, which both him and Bledsoe, I think, have been very good at and have gotten blocks. Um, and, and again, like even if you don't get the block, you get, you know, you do it once or you make the guy know you're there. That's helpful, right? You hear that kind of those guys have that footsteps. Maybe they rush themselves a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, it, and it's hard. And, and so um, I, we talked about kind of talking about this because um, our friend of the pod, Bill Canzanari, um, tweeted at us yesterday asking us if we would uh, consider talking about the pod. He had quote tweeted something from uh, Paul Headley, um, who he writes for somebody about something. Uh, I don't know. He has a podcast or something. Um he uh, he follows me on Twitter, so he, he must be pretty smart. No, but um, he had some <laughs> random tweet, not at me, just like a general tweet. And it was, it hasn't really been a big story, but the Bucks D has been slowly slipping after a great start. 14th in defensive rating over their last 10 games. So when I f- read the first part of this, I was like, oh, God, like how bad have they been, you know, over the last like 10 games? And then when it was like, sure. oh, they've been 14th over the last 10 games, it's like, well, I mean, I, I can find a 10 game sample of like any team where they're probably well below average. Right. I mean, you can cherry sure. pick sort of like a, a sample. Um, so when I saw 14th, I was like, oh, well, well, that's actually not that bad. at all. Like, <laughs> if, if your bad stretch is, oh, we were slightly above, you know, uh, above average. Um, like, yeah, that shouldn't be a big story because because it's not. Um, but it's it's kind of problematic to to look at, especially defensive rating, because again, especially over a short sample, it's going to be impacted a lot by like kind of what we were discussing. Like, did a team did did teams just make open shots or miss open shots? Um, yeah. Like, you know, did they hit half of their mid rangers? If yes, well, that probably isn't that sustainable. Um, so this is kind of one of those things that's kind of hard to really draw a lot from. Just looking at, you know, obviously we love you know, rating stats more than like raw points per game. So we're, we're not saying that like net rating or net rating or rating is bad, but it's just a little bit can be deceiving and in, in both good or bad ways, right? It can tell you a team is, you know, make you think the team is better than they are or worse than they are. And so um, I don't know. I mean, right. Like there could be a fair bit baked in that shot. I don't have any kind of splits on sort of opponent shot quality. Um, but when I did, then I, I tweeted this out last night. So some folks might've seen it if they're following my, my response to the bill. Um, you know, I was kind of like curious that we, we talked early in the year, how the bucks were doing a great job preventing shots at the rim. They were doing a great job, um, not fouling. They were, I think for all first in, in opponent free throw rate. Um, and then their one weakness, they were tending to give up a, a fair number of threes and, it's pretty much the same story at this point. They're still first in the league in um, frequency of opponent shots at the rim, only 28% compared to 39.6% a year ago when they were last. Um, they uh, are the best in the league at forcing long twos, 17.1% of shots. Um, but uh, they are the worst in the league in terms of the share of shots that are above the break threes. So they're last in that 29.3%. Now, the good news, I guess, is that those are harder to make than corner threes. Um, but and they are eleventh in terms of corner threes. But that number has gone up, as you were alluding to. So um, you know they they are still better than average at preventing corner threes. Um, but you know the the, the thon makers of the world are probably not helping that stat um, right now. But from kind of a core like shot profile standpoint, 
Um, you know, they're taking away everything at the rim. Um, they're forcing tons of mid rangers. Uh, and obviously, you know, if you take everything away at the rim, then, you know, by definition, then everything else is going to be mid rangers or, or threes. Uh, so it's a little bit of a whack-a-mole problem. Um, it's obviously good that they're still great in terms of forcing mid range shots. Um, obviously though, you would like that, you know, they weren't, um, last in, in above the break threes, uh, and overall total number of threes. So that's obviously something to be concerned about. They're, they're basically dead middle average in terms of opponent three point percentage. So that's not really, you can't say that there's really much luck helping or hurting in that, in that department. Um, and probably other like important stats, like you look at kind of the four factors, right. Um, which is effective field percentage turnover rate, um, uh, rebound percentage and free throw rate. Um, you know, defensively, they, they are first in defensive rebound rate. They were dead last last year. They were 29th two years ago. For the last dead decade. Last. They've, uh, yeah, they basically, they've been, they've been near the bottom for basically a decade. And that even predates Jason Kidd. Um, this year, they are first in defensive rebound rate and they are second in free throw rate. So what, you know, Budenholzer talked about not fouling last year, they were second to last. Now they're second in terms of um, just not fouling. And, and we've seen a few games of late where they actually have fouled a fair bit and the other team has done a better job than them in terms of just getting into the bonus and, you know, getting an edge from the foul line, but you know, okay. Over the course of the whole season, still a very good story there. Um, what they have not done is they have not forced turnovers. They were very good at that under Jason Kidd, obviously playing that kind of risky gambling style um, and playing that more conservative, you know, more zone dropping uh, type style and basically daring teams to shoot those mid range jump shots or, jump shots period they're shooting a lot of threes as well um they have not forced as many turnovers so that's sort of the little bit of the the thing that they have sacrificed um but you know you kind of take it as a whole awesome improvement in terms of um limiting shots at the rim they're also first in the league in rim uh, at the rim field goal defense so teams are not only shooting the fewest shots at the rim relative to total shots they're also shooting the lowest percentage so you know credit to Giannis, brooke lopez um you know everybody protecting the rim, uh, and, and forcing misses there. Right. That's really impressive. Yep. Um, so the rim defense has been phenomenal, just not letting teams get there. And, and I mean, when Brooke Lopez was signed, we talked about this When Brooke Lopez is on the floor, teams take lots of mid range jump shots and they don't take shots <laughs> at the rim. That has always been true. And I didn't think it would be yep. <laughs> this dramatic. Um, but the Brooke Lopez effect, I think has been very real in terms of the opponent shot distribution and, the defensive rebound rate. We also said when Brooke Lopez joins a team, you start the defensive <laughs> so rebound happens. rate much better. Yeah. And I think also just, I mean, playing again, I mean, we, we talked about there has been more, you know, helping there's, there's still some issues with that. Bud's teams, I think have always had a little bit of that issue, certainly a little bit of issue of yeah. overhelping and they give up tons of threes. That's a Bud, a Mike Budenholzer team problem. So I don't think that's going to go away. I think they're going to give up a lot of threes. They're probably going to help more than we want. Um, but you know, the trade-off is that you're going to team, they're going to be also in position, right? Because Brooke Lopez isn't trying to, you know, generally, I mean, occasionally he will, but um, he's not generally going to be trying to, you know, hedge 25 feet from the hoop. He's going to be near the paint, boxing out. Um, And uh, the free throw rate has been good. You know, yes, they give up a lot of jump shots, but that means they don't really foul, have to foul much. um, And they manage to, you know, basically give up nothing at the rim in terms of shots. So, um, by and large, still a very good story, I think, from a distribution standpoint and sort of the fundamentals of what they're doing. Um, but again, obviously, there's, yeah, there are absolutely some weaknesses in terms of the, especially the above the break three point rate. Um, and, you know, again, they don't force a lot of turnovers. And we'll see. We'll see what that's worth, right? You know, maybe that's, maybe you can be a top five defense, maybe you're a top 10 defense. Um, 
I, I would think if they can keep up this profile, they will be a top 10 defense. Um, but again, we'll just sort of see the, the sort of the yin and yang. Maybe teams start to hit more threes. Maybe they don't. Um, but uh, again, I, I'm not panicking about the Bucks defense. Um, but that said, I, I think probably the most interesting thing is sort of what we've talked about, which isn't really something we can, I mean, I don't have data on how well they've defended when they've done sort of different things other than their base sort of defense. Um, but yeah. we've obviously seen a lot more experimentation in terms of them, um, you know, either high hedging, uh, and in the Charlotte game, even just outright switching, which we haven't really seen that much. So, um, that's certainly something to watch for, you know, if, if, as we've talked about, if Thon was pretty much banished to the bench and, uh, you know, Ursan and Giannis basically played the backup center minutes behind Brooke, uh, you know, again, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all at this point. I think that would certainly be better for for the overall team um if they just sort of played smaller um but you know again that i don't know if that's something that that the bucks are are looking to do although i will say this hey hey mike budenholzer the christian woodlands would like to encourage you to consider <laughs> another option if thon maker isn't perhaps working out and playing exactly like he has the last couple of years um christian wood balled out for the wisconsin herd the other night but the mere fact that he was with the herd on a night when the bucks were playing the bulls Probably isn't encouraging about their interest in giving him run. Well, at least in the very short term, but I don't know. I mean, it's like how much more do you kind of need to see from Thon before maybe you at least, you know, throw wood a, a bone and see if maybe he can do something, um, you know, like catch a basketball or a rebound or whatever. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I, I think, I think the Giannis Ursan substitution is, is a better choice than, likely the Christian yep. Wood option. But, um, you know, at this point, if uh, I, if you're going to continue trotting out another quote unquote center, I mean, I, I would probably at least throw Wood a, a chance because I just don't think the, the you know, the productivity and uh, the results have been there from Thon. But anyway, I'll hit the pause button there. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. You know, when you look at Thon and what he's done, like there, he's left a lot to be desired. And, you know, one thing I was talking about last night with, with the Bucks and their defense is, you know, like, you mentioned something in the middle of that about how, you know, you're going to have to give up something. Right. And I guess that's, that's always kind of, I think at this point in the NBA, like it's not, no one is of the mind that we're just going to shut a team down tonight. Like, Like, I don't think there's any team that really thinks that. Like, you know, there might be some teams like the Grizzlies that are like, oh, you know what, we're going to slow the pace down and we'll we'll turn it into a grind. But like, there's no one out there that thinks like, you know what, we're just going to shut you down. Doesn't matter. Like, all of our guys are, are going to D you up one-on-one. Like, we got Tony Allens all over the floor. Like, you're just not scoring. Like, that's that's not what people think anymore. Like, people understand that, yeah, this is, I think, arguably the greatest era of you know it's not even arguable like it's the greatest era of offensive basketball ever like that's just how evolution works everyone gets better that's just how it goes so everyone's getting better offensively so you know it's not shutting people down it's picking and choosing like you're deciding that okay we're gonna give up some points we know we're gonna give up some points but we're gonna give up points from the spots that we want them and you know you can try and make sure that teams are taking them in the spots that you want them, but you know, like you got to prioritize things. And it's pretty clear to me that the bucks have prioritized, like you are not getting easy shots against us in the paint. That's just, that's just not something we're going to allow. Like you're not going to get it. You're you're not going to get to the rim. 
we won't let that happen. And again, when you say that, that still means people are probably going to get what 20 points uh, on dunks and, and things like that at the rim. Like no matter what, some, they're still going to get points at the rim because that's just how it goes. But their goal is you're not getting those. And, you know, when you don't get those, we'd also like you to be taking mid-rangers and we'd like for those to be contested. And we, we're going to do our best to keep you out of the corner, but, you know, you're going to have to give up some stuff. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing with above the break threes. And um, ultimately, I think the the overall number of threes that they're giving up, like, I think that that's just bound to happen when you have teams only shooting 28% of their shots at the rim. You know, there's what a four three to four percent of shots that you know most teams probably give up at the rim that have to go somewhere else and i think largely with the bucks it goes to the three-point line and it goes to above the break threes and uh that can make things a little bit more difficult so um i think it overall like i said uh on last night's podcast um losses in disappointing games were a lot easier to diagnose last year because you know we would sit here and you and I were talking and be like, oh, look at that. They gave up a bunch of corner threes. Oh, yep. They got killed at the rim. Um, okay. They fouled everyone. Yep. All right. They, then, yeah. That's why they lost. It, it, it was pretty easy. We figured it out. We figured out why the Bucks lost. Uh, and, you know, I think this year it's a little bit more difficult because in many ways, I think we approve of the shot pro- profile that the Bucks are choosing on each side of the ball. Like offensively, I think we tend to get what they're trying to do. We we tend to enjoy seeing how many open threes that they shoot. And then defensively, you know, we're pretty cool with not sending teams to the foul line. We're pretty cool with keeping them away from the rim. So it just leads to this weird thing where uh, the Bucks lost, but I... I I, I'm overall pretty okay with kind of what happened. Like you just had some luck go the wrong way. And uh, I th- I feel like that's a pretty good spot to be overall. Like if you're, if you're trying to watch a basketball team and uh, you're cheering for that basketball team, if at the end of the night, the worst thing you can say, and there's been exceptions, certainly that Suns game, like you could actually point to energy and effort. Um, but most of the time, like, it's just like, well, you know, they hit some shots. What are you going to do? I, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. By the way, I got to fact check you here. Uh, Pat Connaughton measured six, five and a quarter in shoes at the combine. So unless you're playing barefoot basketball with Pat Connaughton, you got to give him a little more credit than the six, three thing. Okay. Or actually, if you're probably that, giving his, that was really, that was really eating at you, huh? You're, Cause you're, that was 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I know. I looked it up and then I forgot to mention it. Also, um, <laughs> also related to that thing for 20 minutes ago, when you were describing Connaughton and Thon, um, do you, do you, uh, are you familiar with the sketch from SNL? It, they did a couple of versions of it where Kristen Wiig is this woman who is like, gets Sue, to, who's so freaking excited. excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is who I'm just like picturing, like just so, so freaking excited. She just can't, can't not help. You know, she's oh like, Oh my, my God. God. Yeah. She's just too excited <laughs> about the surprise news that she can't. Anyway. Um, yeah, I apologize to anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, but just Google Kristen Wig. I, I don't apologize. Look it up. It'll be yeah, fun. Google You'll Kristen Wig. Um, so freaking excited. Uh, and, and enjoy. That's our gift to you. Uh, and then try not to think about um, that every time Thonmaker goes like scrambling around <laughs> helping on defense. Um, <laughs> That's a really good reference. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm actually hoping someone can Photoshop that for us because that would be. 
that'd be great. Yeah, I don't even know what that would like. What do what do we what, like? How do we how do we Photoshop that into a like Bucks meme? Like, do we Photoshop her head on a Thon Maker somehow? Or like, uh, <laughs> I don't. I, I'm not a meme lord, so may, I don't know yeah, we w- get, which direction you go. Like, th- I leave that. to We got to get. I think, uh, I think we, this is a job for uh, uh, Justin Johnson, aka Justin Superbuck. Uh, our friend of the pod who usually comes through and we demand that he make memes. Um, But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Thon's head photoshopped into like with her like weird, like uh, crazy ant haircut um, or something like that. Um, Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, That, that isn't our best work, Justin, but uh, think of something you're creative. Um, All right. I've completely kind of side, side, we can be done. That's fine. But, yeah, okay. We're done. It's Thursday night. It's almost 1120. <laughs> but that's fine. We'll go to sleep. We'll enjoy the weekend. Uh, Bucks sure. play on Saturday at, I think, a 4 p.m. tip Ugh. central time. Um, so uh, welcome to your Saturday being ruined. Um, just here in the middle of the afternoon. Uh, but I believe it is a 4 p.m. tip. So uh, Bucks Knicks on Saturday. Uh, and then uh Another, I think another three home games next week, if I remember correctly, uh, before the Bucks head out to Toronto on the ninth, um, and on the seventh they have the Warriors. So you go Warriors Raptors, who had a very entertaining game tonight. If you're able to watch that, Kevin Durant going off, eventually the Raptors winning that game, um, but you know the margin was only a couple points. So I, I mean, I think that means the Bucks are better than the Raptors, but I'm not really sure. I'm not, I don't <laughs> well, know. Well, especially because we, those. the Bucks actually faced three quarters of Stephen Curry, right? I mean, the Bucks were yeah. blowing I mean, him out by the time Stephen Curry got hurt. And, and now you're welcome Raptors. You don't have to play him. And actually next week, the Bucks play the Pistons on Wednesday. So they get uh, three days off and then they have to play the Warriors on December 7th. Um, so, I think I believe Steph is going to be back for that game. Um, I think he might be coming back this weekend. Actually, I think I, did someone say Saturday he's coming back. That that could be um, right. Yeah. So unfortunately, Steph. <laughs> I mean, not that I'm rooting for Steph Curry to be hurt, but uh, I would be ha- more than happy for Steph Curry to take a little bit extra time to make sure he's 100 <laughs> um, percent from his groin injury. So the Bucks will. Um, lo- I, I'm. I don't know what the deal is with Graymon's whole toe injury. The, that was the injury that he was out with when the Bucks played the Warriors, and then he came back, and then he went back out again. So um, who knows if that may be a full strength Warriors team by next Friday, but um, either way, if Seth's back, um, that is uh, once again, a juggernaut that, um, you know, will be, I'll be curious to see what the line is on that game uh, before, as you mentioned on Sunday, they, uh, they go and pay. no, actually. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, I was looking at the Pistons time. I was like, no, they're playing at 7 PM. It's not a 4 PM and at MSG, but no, it is. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, then they have to go to Toronto on that Sunday. <sighs> and play the Raptors, um, which, uh, man, I really want that win, Eric. I want that win in Toronto. I want to recreate game one of the 2017 playoffs uh, against the Raptors. That was uh, that would be fun. But uh, That's funny. I was actually thinking about our most joyful podcasts the other mm. week, and I think that's that, that one probably, that's probably number one, right? Did, like Giannis game winner and MSG is probably, probably pretty, pretty close, but I mean, that was game one. That was a Friday or Saturday, I think. And like, we, we, we don't do this and we we're like, whatever it's Friday at 10. Like we're recording this podcast and recorded a podcast on a Friday night. Like that was, wait, 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 which for, for which Raptors game? Raptors. No, but that was, no, that was a, that was a weekend matinee though. That was, was like, I had people, yeah, I had people over at my house. It was definitely um, a weekend though. It was like a Friday yeah, it was or Saturday. A, 
No, it was, I think it was a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. I think, I think it was Saturday okay. afternoon. Um, I remember cause I had people over shout out to, uh, uh, our friend from brew Mitchell Maurer. Uh, also again, Connor Tierney, a second shout out in this, in this exact podcast. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, we, we definitely had some people over for, for that game. Um, yeah, we, that was a joyous podcast. The, yeah, the Giannis game winner is a great podcast. I don't know. Did we podcast after Giannis's, uh, 44 point game with, the game winning block against the Blazers. Yes. Cause that would have been a very good fun. Game yeah, we did. After um, there were, there were definitely some fun ones when Giannis was averaging like 37 points a game early in the season last year. Yeah. Uh, that it was a uh, pretty fun to podcast. Um, and since then, obviously it's just been a complete, um, you know, complete bore and, and just tedious to, <laughs> to talk to you. But uh, yeah, you know, 15 and six, that's, that's, that's okay. Solid. It's okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> whatever. It's fine. Um, eh, what you can do. Eh, it's okay. Um, so that's going to be it for us for tonight. Uh, Bucks. Pretty good. Uh, pretty good. <laughs> pretty, 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 pretty good. Uh, Bucks next Saturday at 4 p.m. We'll talk to you about it on Monday. Uh, that will be it for us for today. For Frank Mann, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll see you on Monday.